welcome to this bonus episode of Tim Talk, the podcast more frequently than it used to be about the DC animated universe, co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Karen Dexter. But uh, as promised, we will not be talking about the DCAU this week. This is a, a splinter episode, true bonus episode. You're getting two <sighs> in a day um, for those who are so keen. Um, and this one is about an investment call. Yes, it is, Chris. My the- stock went up buttloads Friday. <laughs> if you own any Disney stock, you should be just as excited as I am. I should probably own some Disney stock. You should have owned some Disney stock before Thursday. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, in the weird world we now live in, where things like Comic-Con have been you know, done away with by Disney in favor of D23, and D23 has been done away with because of COVID, now we're getting our slate announcements from investment pres- uh, presentations. Yeah, and so this isn't the first big like social network or, uh, investors day. I think this is the second or third one they've done now. Okay. Um, because 2018 investors call, I think was probably the first one because that's when they announced all the stuff coming to Disney Plus. Oh, okay. Well, so there is a reason why we're talking about an investment call is because this is the place where Disney has unveiled their robust slate of content across Disney Plus primarily, but also some theatrical stuff for the next, what, four years, three, four uh, basically, years? Yeah, basically, like four to five years. Yeah. And answered a lot of important questions for us. Mm-hmm. Specifically, my, my question that you know we've asked each other probably daily of does... Patty Jenkins prefer roller skates or roller blades. Yes. And we've now confirmed it is roller blades. Roller blades. Yes. That that makes sense. Yeah. She seems like a, a you know, a roller blade kind of gal. Yeah. And like, what an intro. It is. It really is. Um, but yeah, we'll be getting into what Patty Jenkins has to do with all of this in due time. Um, yes. Cameron, this is very much more your baby. I, the, you know, don't say I don't ever do anything nice for you because this is me uh, indulging your need to talk about all of this stuff. Primarily. Yes, I, I, we, we recorded the other episode first. Yes. And it, it took a lot of work not to just like <laughs> explode sitting on this landmine of off topic conversation. Yes. Your favorite thing. Things outside the purview of our podcast. Yes. So here uh, we especially are. Especially new things. Especially new things. Yes. So I, I'm going to kind of let you uh, take the reins on this and then just, you know, uh, steer the ship and hopefully get us done in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. You can just like take a nap for a couple minutes. I'm just going to yeah. do do what I need to do. Tire myself out. Yeah. He's going to get all tuckered out and take a nap after this. So yeah. I mean, I probably will. You probably will. I will be editing all day. Yes. Um, but yeah, where where do you want to start with this? I, I have like two quick notes that I want to start with okay. um, before we get into the content section because I watched the entirety of the Investors Day thing. It was live streamed. Oof. It was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing, like, I knew the majority of the facets under Disney, but just kind of seeing them all in one place really shows, you know, they're a near monopoly. It's a little scary, but they have like bright and shiny colors. And so I, I accept it. I, I love that you're giving them the kindness of saying a near monopoly. Yeah, because, I mean, there's still Warner Brothers. Sure. Um, so what, what speaking of Warner Brothers, what I, I really liked is Chapek, 
uh, the new CEO of Disney, came out and basically said that Disney is still in support of theaters, which is an amazing comment for him to make, uh, especially after Warner's announcement uh, a week or two ago at this point mm-hmm. that they were releasing everything digitally. Uh, and so Disney still wants to keep a separation between theatrical releases and digital releases. Um, and so that just was a kind of like for them starting on that, that was kind of a nice like breather moment for me. Cause I was very tense on how they were going to handle the situation. I also um, feel like that is a, a little insincere. Cause when we look at the, when we get into the breakdown of what's going to go to theaters versus what's going to be going to, Disney Plus, there's a lot of stuff in there that feels like would have otherwise gone to a theater that they're now choosing to do on Disney Plus instead. So, I mean, yes, it's good that they're committing to theatrical releases exclusively and not doing day and date theatrical digital, but also at the same time, they're definitely funneling content away from theaters towards their own streaming platform. They are. They are. And and I think, um, and we'll get into this when we get into like Disney specific, the, the Disney specific branch. Um, but I feel like they didn't announce everything that's being worked on right now. They just, and I'm kind of hoping this, um, that they just kind of announced like the biggest a projects and they still have kind of like B projects that they're working on. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, who knows? I don't, I don't know if B projects even exist anymore for Disney. I mean, they Except definitely announced some like Mighty Ducks. B, yeah, they announced a B project, considering there was like a Mighty Ducks and uh, a Hocus Pocus Sister two. Act three. Yeah, and maybe some C projects with a cheaper by the dozen remake. So yeah. Hey, they're... whoa, whoa, hold, hold on! I won't have you slander the great legacy of Cheaper by the Dozen. Hey, I really like that first movie, but I'm just saying, is anyone asking for a reboot on that? A reboot uh, C. on Martin, a reboot? Probably. He won't be in it. I mean, he'll he'll be attached to it in some way. He'll no. be there. No, he won't. He he'll be on the set if they ask him or not. Playing a banjo between takes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he'll be the on, on-site entertainment. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, Martin Short will just also show up. Yeah. Just, like, uh, secretly as one of the caterers. Yeah, contract- contractually obliged to show up, Martin Short. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, that that is a good point about them, like while supporting theaters they are pulling some stuff away um and for the most part it is kind of for like longer like there's not a lot of direct to streaming movies that they announce it's almost everything is is a series okay i you know it's it's probably like a i would say a 75 25 split of series to movies Mm -hmm. that are coming to disney plus yeah um and then the other thing that doesn't really connect to us, but I know we have a, a, a couple international listeners, uh, and so they did a, a really nice dive into what Star and Star Plus is going to look like. Okay. Uh, and so I was under the assumption that it is going to be a separate streaming platform, um, but I think they scrapped that idea and are just folding it into the existing Disney Plus model. Um and it's kind of like a new tab. So, you know, at the top, it has, you know, like the Disney tab, the Star Wars tab, Marvel tab, Nat Geo tab, mm-hmm. and Pixar tab. Um, so they're just adding a new tab for Star, which will encompass everything from 20th Century Fox, FX, uh, and basically everything that's on Hulu, because Hulu isn't as international. Okay, They're right, just folding yeah. that content into Disney. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And so, like, the stuff that they showed is is pretty cool, because it's like, 
Bob's Burgers is now on Disney Plus, and that's kind of convenient. Uh, all the X-Men stuff is in one spot now. So, like, Logan got moved over. X-Men First Class got moved over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, that that is also very nice to have that world in one place. Yeah. Um, and again, it has... It will not affect us in any way. It is not coming to America. Yep. Uh, Star specifically is Europe, and then Star Plus is Latin America. Oh, okay. Um, and then India has their own unique thing that's coming just to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it looks you know it it looks very nice. They uh, the price is going up slightly more for those regions. I mm-hmm. think it's going up two dollars a month. Or okay. Two euro a month. Because I know here it's just going up one dollar a month. So yes, but but one dollar a month is ninety million dollars a month for Disney. <laughs> no, it, it is, and also it's it still makes it only eight bucks a month, which right. I have, I have to admit, it's insane. Like the amount of stuff you get for that price is absolutely and the stuff that's coming ridiculous. and like the quality of stuff that's coming. Yeah, I, I think it's you know, and we'll get into what they've announced, but I think it's fair to say that like. After this call, Disney has now positioned Disney Plus as kind of a a must have streaming service. Um, if you care about uh, a number of things, which a lot of people do, Marvel and Star Wars being amongst them, um, yeah. And considering that it is more essential than most of the rest of them, and still a, a fraction of the price, uh, is interesting to say the least. So yeah, and and specifically on that, knowing exactly what their audiences are, because there is stuff you know we're fanboys. Clearly. No, I had no idea. <laughs> um, and them like pandering to us most of the time was like, yeah, this is, you know, the, this is your audience. This is who's going to give you all their money. But then also like hiding in all the kids content because they know like that is where the real money is. Yeah. Is parents that just pay to hypnotize their kids with Groot and Forky and, and Baby Yoda, Grogu. I mean, it's so much cheaper than a babysitter. It's so much cheaper. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, like I was looking at the list last night, and there's like, oh, you know, like I don't really care about that. I don't really care about that. I'm like, because it's it's for kids. Like, yeah. of course, I'm not going to care about this 15 minute series that follows Groot doing unnecessary adventures. But kids are going to eat that up. Yeah. And it's something that other streaming platforms are not focusing on. Like, if they ever want to compete with Disney Plus, they have to get that kid audience. Yeah, and that's just it's hard to do. It's it's yeah. it's generally hard to find that space of being able to still have it be kid friendly content and appeal to adults simultaneously. Yeah, so. and you know, it's something that Disney's pretty much mastered over the past 91 years. Yeah. Um but yes, are you ready to jump in to the content section? Yes, let's get into it. Okay, so we're going to start we're going to do it in the in basically the order that they did on the show in the in the meeting. So we're going to start with the Lucasfilm projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause wow, <laughs> there was yeah. so much stuff. A lot of stuff. <clears throat> this was also the only section that I missed cause I had to walk the dog. <sighs> and so that uh, goddamn dog tearing you I away know. from the Disney investment presentation. I, I know. Uh, it was, you know, a very upsetting time for me in uh-huh. my life. Probably the most upsetting I've ever been. Yes, exactly. In a year that's only been amazing, I'm so sorry you had yes. that one dark spot. In a year that just one good thing after another yes. keeps happening. <laughs> uh, so what 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 were you most excited about in the Lucasfilm call? And uh, why was it Hayden Christensen? I mean, that that was an interesting thing. So they, you know, they, I guess, reconfirmed 
that the Obi-Wan Kenobi series would be happening and is now officially called full Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, but yeah, the, I think the unexpected thing was that Hayden Christensen will be back as Darth Vader in the show, which um, is interesting from a storytelling timeline perspective, to say the least. Um, mm-hmm. It throws up some red flags and questions about how those characters could have a, a reunion of sorts halfway between episode three and episode four and, and still have things make sense. Uh, but if we're also being honest, there's a lot of stuff that's, you know, written in dialogue in episode four that is jettisoned entirely by the time the prequels came back around. What are you talking about? <laughs> Almost like Lucas didn't know what he was doing. What are you talking about? Um, fans, if that was true, fans wouldn't have anything to do with this franchise. Exactly. Um, but I mean, you know, so I think that's interesting, but I'm also, I'm happy about this. I mean, I, I don't love Hayden Christensen. I think in a, in an ideal universe, I would cast someone different in that role in those movies. Um, you know, I think if you've seen the Clone Wars, you've seen that, you know, a, a more charming version of Anakin does a lot to make that character work better. But at the same time, you know, I think that he has gotten a lot of flack from the, absolutely toxic star wars fan base that exists and i'm glad that they're giving a chance to bring him back and, and i think even you mcgregor said something really lovely which is along the lines of you know the, the the most beautiful part of this whole thing is that it gives him a chance to reunite with hayden which is a, a really just sweet thing for him to say so I, you know i'm i'm overall happy about that how about you i i'm also very excited i i think i don't know if this is true but i have a theory that there is the photos that kind of spread around the internet a couple days before the investors call of Rosario Dawson and Hayden Christensen together. Uh, oh yeah. Like from way back in the day, from like the early two thousands from some other. Yeah. Movie. But, but it was still like, like, Oh my gosh, I remember this is Anakin and this is, this is Ahsoka. And I think in, in my conspiracy theory, Disney leaked these photos for fans to like remember or for like the lesser fans to remember Hayden Christensen yeah. And like, oh yeah, like he's a fun guy. And like, hey, guess what, guys? He's back. And everyone's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Before like going back and watching the movies of like, oh no, we hate him. Yeah. It's like, no, he's friends with Ahsoka. Of course, he's gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah. It, it, look, I mean, The Mandalorian has given me a uh, you know enough confidence to have my faith in their their creative decisions on this. So I'm I'm willing to run with this and see what happens. Yeah, and and so what they announced so far, very limited information, but this is going to take place 10 years after Event of the Sith Mm -hmm. um, in that space that everyone wants them to talk about. (laughs) And it's been very well covered at this point. but And it's been covered by everyone now. There's still always more. So, I mean, we've we've barely scratched the surface of what Obi-Wan was up to in that intervening 10 years. I, I may have mentioned this on the show before. But my brother and I have a, a, a theory that he uh, just goes crazy and schizophrenic because he has no one to talk to. And he creates the persona of Ben. So he has someone to converse with. That's which, which is also why uh, he ages horribly compared to everyone else in the Star Wars universe who barely ages at all in that. So, so it's just years. like a, a, a space castaway. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was someone I was trying to show the trailers to a friend after the call and someone made it so fast, but there's already like a fan trailer out that up into the last scene is so good uh, of like piecing together clips of different shots of Ewan McGregor in different movies. And they have people playing like Satine from 
as like flashback moments. And then the last shot is like a forced ghost of Liam Neeson. And it looks so bad. <laughs> I'm like, if you would have just left this out, you would have fully convinced me that this was a real trailer. Yeah, you would have tricked me. Um, no, but super excited for that. Um, you know, obviously excited we're getting a Ahsoka spinoff, which I think surprised mm-hmm. no one. Um, you know, because her appearance in The Mandalorian definitely felt like a backdoor pilot. I, I don't really think they're necessarily going to pick up a lot of the plot threads um, of her in that show. I think it's going to be saved for the Ahsoka show, which would be great. Right. Um, excited about the announcement of a Lando series. Now, we don't know... If Lando Space Gigolo? Exactly. We, we don't yet know if it's going to be Donald Glover or Billy Dee Williams or potentially both of them. I don't know how they might handle that. Um, we just know it's happening. We don't know who, so... Mm-hmm. I think that was very yeah. exciting. Um, I, I'm so fascinated of just what that story is going to be. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you can kind of do basically anything. Like there, there's a really good um, Lando comic that came out um, from the Marvel era, the, the recent Marvel era um, where he's like on a, you know, on a, on a caper that goes awry and that's kind of all you really need from him, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah, that should be pretty yeah, good. And I think like, because I, I was talking to someone about this and I was joking that like Lando is kind of the the Jack Sparrow of the of this space of uh, the Star Wars world mm-hmm. and having this this like image in my head of, you know, when Jack goes to different ports and there's like a woman that always slaps him because <laughs> he slept with him and forgot. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what that's going to be Lando. Oh, but Lando's far, far smoother than that. Oh, yeah. And then someone reminded me that Hondo exists. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Hondo's definitely the Jack Sparrow. Yes, Hondo absolutely is. Yeah. Lando leaves a lot of people in his wake, but they're always satisfied. Yeah, yes. that is true. <laughs> and one way or the other. Uh, I mean, it was I mean, there's the, the big movie announcement, which I guess we can say for last. But like, was there anything else amongst the uh, the Lucasfilm slate that really jumped out at you? Uh, Bad Batch. We already okay, knew it was yeah. coming, but we got a trailer and it looks amazing. Yeah, it does look good. Yeah. Uh, we got a, a mini trailer. We kind of got like a background trailer for Andor following casting Andor, which mm-hmm. looks fine. Uh, my like my my new 2020 brain is looking at the set and all I'm thinking is like, this is not COVID safe. <laughs> and like we have 6000 extras on hand. I'm like, you have what? It's like they better be. <laughs> they better be distant. Yep. Uh, Star Wars Visions looks super fascinating, and I think that's one that not a lot of people are talking about. It's the anime-inspired one, right? Yes, it's it's an animated anthology. Mm-hmm. So hmm. similar, if you remember, um, oh god, Peace Love Robots. No, what was it called? Love Death Lo- Robots. Love Death Robots. Yeah, yeah. So it's an anthology where every episode is given to a different Japanese director. Oh, that's cool. It's specifically going to be uh, Japanese professionals and Japanese animators, which. Obviously, it makes me super happy because that just means it's all going to be anime. Yes. Uh, and it is going to span stories across 10,000 years of lore. Oh, okay. And so it's it's literally just like every episode is going to be its own thing, which yeah. I think is going to be super fun and is, is very good for this world. I uh, heard one person reference it as like the, the animatrix of Star Wars. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, which I think that's a really clever idea. So, and you know, and I, and I think there are a lot of good stories to be told that don't have to revolve around the the main continuity. So that's exciting that something's going to be delivering that. Hmm. Uh, we had Range of the New Republic. Don't really care about, but it's a Mando spinoff. Yeah. Uh, we don't know much about it or who it's going to follow, but yeah, whatever. The Acolyte is another. I'm like, eh, like maybe if someone says it's good, I'll watch that. It's going to be a mystery thriller that takes place. During the prequel era, 
Uh, Droid Story is just kind of, you know, I, I think that's kind of for a younger audience, I assume. Yeah, I don't care. It involves R2-D2 and C-3PO, so I'm out. Yeah. Um, and then the, what, Willow movie? Uh, sure. I, I don't really care. Yeah, I've never seen Willow. It's never been a really Neither have thing, I. Thing I feel like me, it's just so. like. I feel like it's just like a nerd joke to talk about Willow because <laughs> like no one knows what Willow is except like the deep eighties nerds. Yeah. I think that's it. It just, there's like that, there's certain films that era. there's like, there's Willow, there's, it's never ending story. The one with the horse drowns in the lagoon. Yep. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's a, a few of those films that like of a, of a similar it's style. It's the lagoon of sadness, Chris, like please uh, use its full name. Forgive the me. The horse gets too sad and he drowns. <laughs> forgive me. There's a few films from that era of a similar kind of style, like Labyrinth. I've just never seen any of them. You haven't seen? Oh, you would like Labyrinth. I probably that, would. That's like a standout one. Yeah. I mean, it's got David Bowie in his massive codpiece. So yeah, and for that alone, I'd probably pants. enjoy it. But, and yeah. he dances and he sings and it's just a delight. But yeah, you know, uh, Dark Crystal is in that same realm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll probably pass on that one. New Indiana Jones, directed by James Mangold. Uh, with with a <laughs> a very rugged, tired, yeah, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I care that that's happening. I guess the fact that they have said it is a conclusion of his story is nice, and I do really like James. <laughs> it has Mangold. to be. It has to be at this point. <laughs> but you know, I mean, at the same time, I really like James Mangold. I think we talked about this maybe when this rumor first came out, or when it was first like uh, like a soft announcement was made. But, you know, he's got a really damn good pedigree. I mean, most recently he did Ford versus Ferrari, which mm-hmm. uh, I think we both really loved last year. Yeah. Um, you know, he did Logan. So and he he's kind of a, a classic filmmaker. Like, you know, he's one of those guys that has done a little bit of all kinds of different genres um, and does them all really well. I mean, he he's like a, a smaller scale Spielberg in that kind of way. I think there, I think if there's a natural successor to take over, it's him, but it's also where we're getting an Indiana Jones film without Spielberg directing. So oh, hopefully it's good. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, and then the last two announcements being the big star Wars movies, uh, rogue squadron mm-hmm. being directed and written by Patty Jenkins. Yes. Which is super exciting. There was a, a nice little trailer where again, they confirmed that she prefers roller blades of roller skates. Mm-hmm. Very important fact of this investors call, um, which was like, a, just, you know, kind of touching and just, and just it, it's a really nice teaser. Um, and well, then they announced, yeah, cause oh, she talks about how her, her dad was, you know, a, a fighter pilot and, um, it's a little ambiguous how she phrased it, but certainly it's, it's kind of, um, suggested that he was killed in action and she's always wanted to make a like the ultimate fighter pilot movie sort of in his honor and in you know respect of him and the other pilots she met as a a kid and you know she said that she finally got a chance to do this and then she dons uh, a rogue squadron helmet and walks off towards an x-wing and you know it's one i patty jenkins is fantastic um yeah been hearing very good things about wonder woman 84 and the first two thirds of the first Wonder Woman are great. And I think that last third is not her fault that it sucks. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, any other male director given the same opportunities would have had movies like this already made. So I'm glad that she's getting a chance to make something uh, in the Star Wars space because she's super talented and, and a Rogue Squadron movie just sounds awesome. So absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be great. And I'm, and I think it's slated for 2023. Yeah, so that's the next Star Wars movie we're getting in theaters. Which uh, you know, yes. it'll be nice to have a long gap between them. I agree. Yes, 
as someone that just rewatched, like I, I just rewatched Infinity War and Endgame back to back yesterday, and I remembered what fatigue felt like. <laughs> Of like having this year off has been like, oh yeah, like I'm ready for new content. And then rewatching it's like, oh, you know what? Let's just like sit in this for a couple more minutes. Like yeah. this is kind of nice. We could take some time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the last kind of mini announcement they did was there's going to be another Star Wars film uh, directed by Taika Waititi. Yeah. Again, something we we already knew was happening. They just kind of reconfirmed it. We don't know what it entails yet. Yes. But uh, that, and that's going to be fun. It's Taika. So. Yeah. And he had, he had a great comment on it after they, they confirmed oh, yeah. the announcement of just being like, as a Star Wars fan, I can't wait to see how I'm going to ruin Star Wars. Yeah. I'm already mad at however I'm going to ruin Star Wars. Yes. Yes. Uh, but huge slate coming from Lucasfilm. Uh, so much to look forward to over the next five years. Yeah. Um. And now we'll we'll kind of, for me this this part was a little bit of a disappointment, except for the first thing they announced. But the the first half of the Disney Studios announcements, mm-hmm. um, so from Disney Television Studios, kind of a, their own branch separate from the movie branch, um, they came out swinging with a huge announcement, which I think is exciting for for you and me, is they're making a Beauty and the Beast prequel. That follows Gaston and LeFou. Yeah. Uh, with Alan Minkin coming back to write new songs for them. I mean, I love me some some Luke Evans. I really do. Yes. Um, you know, particularly in his full beefcake Gaston glory. Um, that being said, I don't actually really care. So, and, and I think that's the problem with this this lineup between this and Disney Studio and, and Walt Disney Studios, their movie branch, there is no new property that was announced. No, it's, it's and all that, that is very scary to me. And that's why I'm hoping, as I said at the top, that like this was just for the big name stuff and they're going to have like smaller B things come out. But I, they I, have I, not made a B movie in the past decade. I find your, your optimism there very, uh, sincere and charming Cameron, but I, I don't think it's has a lot of grounding. I mean, they, they, cause they did announce, you know, some new stuff, you know, they announced the next Disney animated movie. They announced some new Pixar stuff and there were a sprinkling of new films within there. So, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure this was their full slate more or less. I, I really don't think we're going to get a lot of surprises, especially surprises of new things in the next few years. Yeah. Uh, that's so just, just not their business quick... model anymore i know and and we did like i i don't know if you cut it out or not but i did like that quick run through of every live action disney movie that came out in the early 2000s oftentimes every... when you when you do long lists i end up cutting them out <laughs> okay well here we go again chris <laughs> <laughs> no I, I won't do it again but but if you have the time and you're curious look at a side-by-side comparison of the live action department of the early 2000s compared to the 2010s and almost every film from like 2000 to 2008 was an original story and then from 2010 onward there wasn't a single original story it was all remakes yeah and and that and it is worth noting that is true of pretty much all of hollywood like you know the yeah the late 90s the 90s and 2000s was a a big era for spec script sales and you just get these like kind of weird out there films you know with mid-range budgets that would sometimes do really well oftentimes do okay and eventually just that 
type of film disappeared and and disney was a part of that change so yeah well i mean that that was also the eisner era like eisner was big on don't just try and make home runs have these single and double movies that just kind of come through and bring in a little bit of change for the film to fund the next single or double film you know three men and a baby angels in the outfield uh turner and hooch as we're going to talk about in a second we are oh my god we've got i'm just gonna do a super quick run through of everything (laughs) and we don't have to like say anything on it i just want to i just need to get it out of my system uh okay uh so they announced a swiss family robinson series coming to disney plus i'm mildly curious uh percy jackson series i'm a sucker for that franchise so i'm gonna watch it day one um I thought it was a movie, but it is not. We're getting a Mighty Ducks series okay. called, Mighty, or called Mighty Ducks Game Changers with Emilio Estevez returning. Oh, nice. Uh, a Turner and Hooch series, I believe, starring Josh Peck. And like, I'm just glad that he's getting work again because oh, I nice. really like him. Yeah. Um, and his cohort, which I thought was, was very cute, was they get, did these back to back. John Stamos is coming to Disney with a series called Big Shot, where he becomes a... Um, girls high school basketball coach um and like i'm just happy stamos gets work because i enjoy him yeah me too and i hope he's a good person i've met him once and he was a delight yes he seems like he's a good person so let's continue to hope that he is yeah um limitless with chris hemsworth is a series coming for nat geo mm-hmm. through disney plus and i think it's just uh one chris hemsworth porn because you know <laughs> everyone wants that yeah uh and I really think it is just like made to rival Zach Efron's show on Netflix. Oh, okay. So it's, oh, it's him. Like it's a, it's an unscripted show. Yeah. It's unscripted. And it's just like, Hey, how did I get these muscles? Well, let's see. I'm, I would watch that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then coming from the studio side, we got the Hocus Pocus two announcement, which like we, they kind of confirmed a while ago, but you know, now it's like the solid confirmation. Yeah. I, uh, talking with our our friend and former guest of the show, Jonathan, about this. And it's probably not going to be good. It definitely feels like it's going to be pandering, as they often love to do. Like, hey, remember that thing you loved? Here's that same thing, and we're just going to try and recreate it. It's probably not going to be good, but I will say this. Even if in the total runtime of the film we get 30 more minutes of the three lead witches interacting together, it's probably worth it. Yeah. And and here a quick question for you. So I'm pretty sure this is going to be live action. Would you prefer this live action or animated? Live action. Okay. Yeah. I I think I think you lose something in making it animated. I think part of the charm of that first movie is that it is live action and it is, you know, the early 90s and it is, you know, kind of low budget-esque. Um and I think that adds to some of the charm. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I'm mildly excited for a sequel. Obviously, we both enjoy the first one a lot. Ah, um, I enjoy the three leads a lot. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I like that movie. Uh, a couple more nonsense announcements, and a lot of these kind of made me upset. Uh, we're getting a Three Men and a Baby reboot with Zac Efron. <laughs> I don't really care. No. A new sister act with Whoopi Goldberg and Tyler Perry. Okay, yeah. Sure. Um, Peter Pan and Wendy with Jude Law as Captain Hook. Uh, and that I just think that's a cursed franchise. That one's going straight to streaming, too, isn't it? 
It is, yes. Almost all of these are straight to streaming. Yeah, and that's it's very interesting because it seems like most of their live action remake films are going to be going straight to streaming, which uh interesting choice on their part. Yeah, uh yeah, the Peter Pan and Wendy, I said it's Peter Pan is just a cursed franchise right now. I don't I think we're in this weird spot where if you're going to do it live action it either looks too fake or they try and make it too real Mm -hmm. and no one has really found that middle ground yet yeah past hook yeah in 1991 you could just let it die you could just let it die for a couple years the last peter fan film was two is 2016 yes but i mean look to be fair it is thematically on point considering the opening line of peter pan is all of this has happened before and all of it will happen again so we are just repeating ourselves constantly and making underwhelming live action peter pan movies and on that note was the other live action that we knew, but they confirmed, and that is Pinocchio, mm-hmm. another cursed franchise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was, that, like, that Jonathan Taylor Thomas one from the 90s, right? Yeah, there's a JTT one. There's the one with that amazing um, Italian actor that, like, oh. ruined his career. Oh, yeah. Um, Roberto Benigni? Yes. Wow. It's amazing the weird things that I have stored away in the recesses of my mind. Yes, it is. Uh, and this one, like the two names they have attached to it are amazing. It's being directed by Robert Zemeckis, who like I trust as probably the most of directors. Uh, I mean, should Hanks. you? Should you, though? When was, Zemeckis? What, was the, what was the last great Robert Zemeckis film? That's a good question. Like, he, yeah, he is super <laughs> talented. And obviously he did the three Back to the Future movies. He did your personal favorite, Who Roger Framed Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. Um, he did Death Becomes Her, which is fantastically charming and weird. He has the talent, but he's the man who also gave us the weird Dead-Eyed Polar Express movie. He gave us that weird... I, I enjoy Polar Express. Good on I you. I can look past the anime, the animation. Good on you. Uh, he gave us that weird Beowulf movie. Um, that was not good. He, yeah. yeah, he did. I mean, he did do Forrest Gump, which I guess is kind of a mixed bag to some degree. Um, he did... Uh, was it Welcome to Marwin? Oh, which yes, is that well, uh, yeah, the Steve Carell movie with all the, the the these amazing cast of actresses as as dolls, which did not get any recognition whatsoever. Like uh, the the um, Jim Carrey Christmas Carol. From oh, thank you. I, he had one more dead eyed motion capture film. I forgot what it was. So like, yeah, yeah Flight, but like Flight was good from what I, I heard, heard. I didn't I heard, watch yeah, it. I heard I heard good things about Flight. I didn't really watch it. I don't, and even then, I've heard that it's the opening like sequence is amazing the rest of it's kind of meh oh the witches that just came out oh that's right which i heard almost nothing about it's it's very weird and creepy well it's it's raw dolls that fits yeah but but it looks good like yeah it uh, like from his work from directing looks good i guess like i don't know he's an interesting one because yeah he has some amazing films in his back catalog but they're all from like over 30 years ago and everything else since then has been maybe ambitious, but not necessarily up to those same standards. And I'm kind of sad to see someone who has that talent getting relegated to streaming and multiple fronts, but also he doesn't have the box office success of late to necessitate a, a theatrical release. It's, there's all kinds of things about the situation that I find a little disappointing. So, yeah. well, I don't, I don't know if they said Pinocchio is straight to streaming. I, I think that might still be theatrical. I'm pretty sure because I was listening to um, the Empire podcast. The which one? Uh, the Empire Film Podcast. 
Does that have anything to do with the magazine? Yes, it does, in fact. Well done, Cameron. You got it. You got it in one. Uh, this is also just because you've run out of other empires to reference. But... Uh, I mean, yeah, it does always strike back. Exactly. They they referenced... on Because I listened to a, a, a bonus episode they put out about this exact same subject. But in that episode, they referenced that it was a Zebekis film that was going to streaming. So Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, that I mean, yeah... It's not a movie I want to see in theaters by any means. I probably won't watch it at all. So yeah, I, I might also, and unless like it comes out with rave reviews, this is also one. Oh, and right, there's a Pinocchio that comes out this year. Next week, we're getting a new Pinocchio movie. Is that the one from Guillermo del Toro? No, but it looks like it would be him because he is also doing one. Amazing, fucking, ugh, let it die. <sighs> it's cursed. No one has done a good Pinocchio. Not even the original Pinocchio. It almost sank Disney animation. Yeah, I haven't seen it in years. I can't remember if it's any good or not. So. It's weird. It's it's uh, not really a movie. It's three shorts. Yeah, but, you know, it's also a weird story to begin with. So Yes. Yeah. Um, We got a Nightmare at the Museum reboot is coming, which I, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, but then the two things that kind of really intrigued me was Chippendale Rescue Rangers is getting a movie. Yes. Uh, with John Mulaney and Andy Samberg voicing the titular Ch- Chippendale. Which is fantastic. There's a joke going around that they signed on for the wrong film. They you know, they thought it was a Chippendale, the strip club <laughs> movie. And they're like, oh, we signed on for the what? The Disney one. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was uh, a, a script floating around there for a while about the origins of Chippendales. I actually read it at one point. Um, and I think... I think... Ben Stiller may have been attached. I don't know. Whatever, I don't know whatever happened to it, but it was it was actually a, a semi decent script. So well, I hope these two do both of them. I, honestly, I'd watch both. Yeah, yeah, I would watch both in both. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, and it is going to be a hybrid live action film, so that will be. I'm I'm cautious. About yeah, I mean that. that just sounds like Alvin and the Chipmunks, basically. Well, we got the the Tom and Jerry trailer, which is hybrid, which looks awful. Right. <laughs> Uh, but then the last thing they announced, 12 years too late, but still I'm excited, is Disenchanted, not the Matt Groening series, which is fine, mm-hmm. but the sequel to Amy Adams' Enchanted yeah. from the early 2000s, which was a great film. So much fun. You know, it it is a great film. It is super fun. I think I've only seen it the one time, but I, I, I liked it's, it quite a bit. It's worth a rewatch. Yeah, and it, that was back when um, I liked Amy Adams. Um, when she made stuff that was actually fun and not just like Oscar Beatty all the time. That was an interesting announcement to me that they were putting that on streaming. I feel like that film could probably do decent business in the theater, which makes me think that Disney is not interested in decent business. They're only interested in like guaranteed successes. Like, you right. know, I mean, a- Amy Adams is as, I think that she's, you know, way more, popular now than she would have been back then especially you know so i i don't know i, I that that's me was maybe the most surprising choice they were going to put that on streaming um, yeah because if i could if i could switch any movies i would move that to theater and then one of the theater announcements that really frustrated me i would just remove completely <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah it what was the one that really frustrated you like what were some of the other 
so so then they finally announced all the things coming to theaters, which is pretty much most of the stuff we knew. Jungle Cruise is still coming. Cruella yeah. is still coming. I'm a little upset we didn't get a trailer. Yeah. But I'm sure it's coming soon. Um, Little Mermaid, they confirmed the casting. Yeah. Uh, and then the one that really frustrated me was the Lion King prequel <laughs> that we're getting, a live-action Lion King prequel. Look, I... And- that is one where I have mixed feelings on it. I didn't care for the John Favreau film that came out because it was just Same. a shot for shot remake that took out all the personality. That being said, this one's going to be directed by Barry Jenkins, who made Moonlight, which is an incredible film. And I think Barry Jenkins can do better than a Lion King film, but it is worth noting that he'd be the first black director to make a Lion King movie, which is a good thing. Yes. On top of it, that movie is probably guaranteed to make a shitload of money, which will do a lot for Barry Jenkins' career and prevent or present him with more opportunities down the line. So it's one that I probably won't see um, and I don't care about, but if it means elevating his career and the potential that that comes with, I think it is worth it. Yeah. How I'm, I'm trying to remember Lion King. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, what place in the global box office do you think Lion King sits? W- the original one or the new one? The new one. I don't know. It is the 11th best selling movie of all time. There you go. That is crazy. Yeah, there you go. So again, I don't, we don't have to see it. So I know, but like, <laughs> no, but Cameron, we actually don't have to see. It. I know, I know that. That's what I'm like trying to remind myself is like I don't need to see all of these. Yes, but I, I, I will. Oh, God, no hope for uh, you. So now we'll shift into Disney Animation because they had a couple small announcements. Um. Again, I'm, I'm trying to keep this as short as I can mm-hmm. by just breezing through. Uh, we got new stuff from Ryan, The Last Dragon. It looks great. And that was a big announcement connected there that it is um, that is the only film of 2021 as of now yeah. that is getting the dual streaming um, theatrical release. But the streaming release will be behind that premiere paywall they set up with Mulan. Yeah. Again, mixed feelings on that. Um, you know, it's a movie that I want to see, and I'm glad that there'll be a way for me not have to go to a theater to see it because in the U.S. we will not be back in theaters by March. Right. Um, it it does seem very interesting, and it look it could be purely coincidental, but little is in this industry. It does seem a little bit weird that the two Chinese focus films are getting this premiere paywall release. Um, and Mulan sucked, let's be honest. Um, I, have, I have two minds of that. One is, to me, it, it maybe speaks to the fact that for Disney, those films are primarily just concerned about the Chinese box office and less so the U.S. box office. And if there's mm-hmm. a way for them to recoup some cost in the U.S., they'll take it by the premiere thing. There's also the element of the diversity and inclusion part of it like you know from that perspective that movie looks beautiful and it's Kelly Marie Tran who we've been saying deserves better than Disney has given her I'm a little bit disappointed that that's not going to be getting the buzz of a theatrical release a proper theatrical release but it's also kind of uh, there are circumstances 
that have to be factored in. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about yeah, that. And it also it's is, it's been pushed back so much already yeah. too. And it looks, it looks great. You know, it looks really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. Just totally visually unlike anything we've seen come out of Disney really even. So I don't know. How do you yeah, feel about that? And it that? also has Aquafina, who's quickly becoming <gasps> Disney's new like star. Yeah, that's <laughs> star true. Star girl. She, she's in everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about um, Raya getting the premiere treatment? I, I I'm kind of split because like I I think having that premiere wall is nice, but also scary. It's nice because like it'll show that there is want for more of these kinds of movies and Disney can like put a number behind like, okay, this many people really wanted to see this kind of movie. So we, maybe we should start blossoming into these worlds. Um, yeah. The paywall is also scary because as we mentioned with Mulan, this is not a, this is not something I want to be a permanent fixture of Disney plus. I do not like the idea of a premiere wall. Yeah. Um, but <sighs> I'm also just excited that it is coming out. And yeah, I think there is same, you know, the buzz isn't as big as it was at the beginning of the year, but there is still buzz. And I think if they wait any longer, it'll start to fizzle a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's better. I think it's better just get it out there. But yeah, it, I, in ideal circumstances, to say the least. Yes. Uh, they also announced their next uh, big Disney animated film, which will be called Encanto, mm-hmm. which is a Colombian film directed by Brian Howard and Jared Bush, who did Zootopia. Ooh. And talking about Disney's other golden child of uh, the music. It is a musical because obviously uh, will be done by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes, exactly. It's uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and Aquafina are the, the new Disney yep. staples. So, <laughs> and fair, they're both incredibly talented. So yeah. And this one feels, cause like, I know there's a little bit of pushback coming around around Lin-Manuel doing Moana, even though he's not Pacific Islander, mm-hmm. but he is Puerto Rican. And that is, near columbia (laughs) yeah i mean yeah that's fair yeah uh but no i I think his kind of music fits kind of latin music a little bit better yeah and so i think it's going to be very fun um and then disney animation is getting their way into kind of big budget animated long-form series so we got a baymax series announced which fine i guess they're just going to retcon the past two seasons of the big hero six series yeah uh, which is fine. It's an okay show. Zootopia Plus looks adorable, and I think it's a really fun idea. That is one that I actually made a note to want to talk about because, like, I really like Zootopia. I need to go back and revisit it. But the the idea of this show is that it's going to be shows that exist within Zootopia universe. So I think that the yes, two examples... Yes, Zootopia's version of Disney Plus. Exactly. So the, I think the versions I saw were uh, So You Think You Can Prance... Yep. And the uh, Little Mouse Wives of Little Rodentia. Yes. And Cameron, I hate both of those. <laughs> and this is why I'm super excited. I don't watch reality TV. I hate it. But you know what I love more than anything else? Puns. puns. I know. It's and it's just going to be a series of puns. Now, it'll be interesting to see if the episodes are actually entertaining enough. But if, if anything, I can just scroll through and look at the episode titles and have a nice little chortle and get on with my life. But yeah. I, I love this is maybe the, one of the most clever things I saw come out of this. So, yes, I, I assume it's going to be like an anthology series where each episode is going to be its own unique show. But I, it would be nice if they kind of did this like mystery science theater style where we got to be with like a host, like if Judy or Nick hosted mm-hmm. the series and we, we were watching it with them. 
Yeah, that could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a huge universe. I'm very excited. Um, the two that got me super excited, uh, Tiana from Princess and the Frog is getting yeah. her own long form animated musical series. And I have a lot of ideas of how that's going to go, but I'm going to save that for later. Um, and a Moana animated long form musical series, which I'm excited for just because I really want to get into Pacific Islander lore and mythology. And I think they're really going to like dive into that world. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. I love Moana and yeah. Tiana. So, uh, and this, I'm, I may come to regret asking this question, but <sighs> it seems like Disney is once again readopting their direct to video sequel platform, like plans that they had in the 90s and 2000s, and just changing it over to be series on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's almost like the guy who thought of those ideas in the early two th- in the early nineties is now in charge of Disney. <laughs> I wonder if that's any kind of coincidence, Mister Chapek. Uh, I wonder. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess look th- at the end of the day, this shit isn't for us. So what does it matter? Like, if you're a kid well, out there, hold on. It's it's for me. <laughs> it's for kids. Well, yes, it's for ch- children. <laughs> so it's for Cameron. But you know, it, this is for kids who love those movies who want more stuff and you know, this is a pretty good way to do it. You know, it's going to cost the cost less than putting it out in a, in a theater. It's going to not jam up the, uh, the theatrical release dates quite as much. And kids are going to fucking love this stuff. So, you know, yeah. It, it, and, and, it's this good. Is, and this is coming off the back of the Rapunzel series, the Tangled series that just ended, mm-hmm. which was very well enjoyed by all ages. Yeah. And so I think that gave them the confidence to move forward with this. Yeah. Uh, and it is done by Disney Animation, so it's not being routed through a third-party animation company like those direct-to-video and series that were in the 90s. Yeah. So we're not going to see that dip in quality, we assume, yeah. like we did back then. No, so it, yeah, it's. I think overall it's a good thing. I just thought it was interesting that that has, you know, like nostalgia, it's come back around again. So Yes. Uh, and then the last thing coming out of Disney Animation, when this was a very interesting and very cool announcement is a show called uh, Waju. Oh, which is yeah. an animated series in conjunction with a Pan-African company, comic company um, called uh, Kugali. I think I pronounced those right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a company out in Africa. I don't remember which country specifically. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's animators and illustrators from all across Africa that have come together and, and they basically made the announcement that we are better than Disney and so Disney is like, oh, well, I mean, we can just work together maybe, and then we'll probably buy you out in five years. Um, but it's cool that they're, like, interacting with international studios, and, and especially African studios, and really kind of giving that a boost in, in kind of the, the world scene, I think is going to be amazing. Yeah. And I it's think... about Afrofuturism, which is like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I that, love that. That looked really cool. That was one of the, the few, like, original surprises that come out of this that was most interesting and exciting. Yeah. Yes, super pumped for that. So next we have Pixar stuff. Uh, So Turning Red is the next Pixar movie uh, coming out in 2022. It's weird, but kind of cute. It's about a girl who's going through puberty, who when she gets excited, turns into a giant red panda. Such a... Sure. (laughs) It's so so in Pixar's wheelhouse, I'm here for it. It's so weird. Yeah, why not? And it's Uh, the, um, the same director who made Bao, the short Yes, and that I'm excited for because yeah. that short was adorable. A little weird, but like amazing. Yeah. Made me call my mom afterwards. Aw. 
Um, Win or Lose is a Pixar long form series that's what it's like a perspective show. What what's the the word for it? Like vantage point that movie. Oh, I mean Rashomon is usually the the most used reference point for that of like a story that's told from the same story is told from multiple perspectives. Yes. So it's basically a team of middle school softball players uh the day before the championship game. Each episode is going to follow a different player. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, idea. sure. Yeah. yeah. It's Pixar. I trust it. Uh and then the big announcement from them is a Lightyear movie. Uh yeah. Following Buzz Lightyear being now voiced by Chris Evans. Well, which is awesome. Hang on. It's worth clarifying. This is not Buzz Lightyear the toy. This apparently is a story about the 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 quote unquote real astronaut of that universe named Buzz Lightyear who inspired the toy. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh so it's a space movie. Yes. Sci- they said it's a sci-fi film. Yes. Which, you know, I love animated sci-fis. We don't have nearly enough in America. It's a, this to me maybe i had the most cynical reaction to okay this felt the most like forced extension of an existing property like i i think it so do do you know crash nebula remind me so in fairly odd parents there were two superheroes there's the crimson chin who everyone kind of remembers jay leno uh, and then there was Crash Nebula, who was kind of the space superhero. Um, and all the kids kind of fought <clears throat> between the two of who was better. Okay. And so Fairly Odd Parents tried to make a backdoor pilot for a Crash Nebula series oh. where he is a space cadet going through training until he becomes the hero Crash Nebula. Okay. And I loved the pilot. I thought it was so good. But something happened inside Nick, uh, Nickelodeon where they just didn't make the the series and so for me i'm like pulling back all that excitement of 12 year old me with crash nebula and funneling it into this idea of a light year of light year movie okay fair i mean look it it, it's chris evans i feel like he makes good choices i feel like he he doesn't need to do things for the paycheck and generally tends to not so i'm hoping that there is, is something here that motivated him to want to get on board um, it just seems like such a weird idea of like, it's an intergalactic adventure starring an astronaut, which means that now in the Toy Story universe, that real life astronaut went on these crazy intergalactic adventures. And uh, it just, it feels like such a weird shift. Do you think there's going to be a toy on board? Maybe. I don't know. It's just, it, I, is there going to be another Woody on board? Th- this is one that I just really it left a bad taste in my mouth when I heard that that was coming. Like that just felt really contrived and, you know, uh, like them desperately trying to, to keep that property going. I'm just like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, like mentally, I think I've detached it enough from the toy story universe that it just feels like it's on standalone film. And the main guy just happens to be named Buzz Lightyear. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But also, I don't know if you ever watched Buzz Lightyear star command. I did. It was fun. It's so good, yeah. Yeah. It's just more that. Sure. Um, and then they did one more film. You can look it up on your own because, oh, I'm out of time, uh, called Luca, being directed by the same guy that did La Luna a couple years ago. That, yeah, uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, it sounds really cute. Uh, uh, two boys spend a summer in Italy, and they find out uh, there's monsters, sea monsters. Yeah. No, that, like, yeah. See, again, if it's an original thing that's coming out, I'm, I'm more intrigued by it. 
Yeah. And I'm uh, sorry. So that is the next one. So that's summer 2021. Okay. Oh, I didn't realize it was coming so soon. <clears throat> yeah. As of now, it yeah, is summer like, 2021. That's interesting. I feel like we haven't seen anything from it yet. We haven't. So expect a trailer probably around like Super Bowl time. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, to be fair, though, like normally we'd be seeing trailers come out with movies and we're not getting movies. So no trailers. So. Yes. Yes. That, that is very sad. Yeah. Uh, and so finally, the last big, the last big kaboom of this Investor's Day, and they saved it for last for a reason, and so did we, uh, the Marvel Studios announcements, and holy shit, did they have announcements. Yes. So maybe we'll forgo listing everything here, because there is a lot. Uh, fine. Okay. Um, what do you want to talk about? And I'll follow suit. Okay. So there's, there are a few things that he, to me that jumped out as like being super exciting. Like we got a, a new tease for Miss Marvel, which continues to look good. We also yes. got confirmation that that character will be appearing in Captain Marvel too. Yes. Is, I love that. Yes. That is very exciting. I mean, those, those characters are very heavily tied together for obvious reasons. So to see that happening is great. Um, the one and just showing the blend between streaming and film. Yes, exactly. That there's going to be a lot of crossover. I mean, they even confirmed that uh, WandaVision, which got a new trailer that looked great, is going to be tied in with uh, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, which is also going to be tied into the next Spider-Man film. And now there was no real discussion of that Spider-Man film because technically it is a Sony property. But Mm -hmm. the days leading up to this, we were getting reported confirmations that a bunch of characters and actors from the older versions of the spider-man films would be making return appearances so uh like alfred molina will be back as doc ock i think we got confirmation that toby mcguire and kirsten dunce were coming back uh andrew garfield will be coming back possibly emma stone um in the next spider-man movie so this is like slightly tangential but i have a question for you cameron we're essentially getting what looks like a spider-verse film in live action yes do you want this or no. would you rather have seen them explore territory like this in a sequel to into the spider verse B yes. Um, Agreed. Yeah. But I have loved the memes that have been coming out of these announcements and people being like confirmed Daniel Radcliffe reprising his role as Harry Potter in the Spider-Man <laughs> into the spider verse spider verse having a fight with Stephen strange to see who is the true wizard of this universe. Yeah. It, it uh, I just look, Again, I, ha- I have faith in Marvel, especially the last few years. They really haven't steered us wrong. And this clearly is speaking to like a, a larger plan they have involving the multiverse. And you know, Spider-Man being a huge property would be mm-hmm. a good way to help get that out into the mainstream. Uh, and John Watts has done great work. But I think from a tone perspective, I would rather see this done in, in the Spider-Verse, which was a little bit more playful. Like, I... I kind of feel like, you know, Spider-Verse, a sequel could have found a way to incorporate like a fun live action sequence into it that would be like all of five minutes. And I would kind of rather see that than maybe even the equivalent amount of screen time done in the live action version. Yeah, I, I would even say I would probably prefer for Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire just to be animated and just have their yeah. characters go into the animated universe. Yeah. And then you can even have that like dissonance of like, wait, we can do anything in here. Like I couldn't take a hit like that in the real world. Yeah, exactly. I, it just, this, 
I don't know. To me, this seems a little bit weird. Maybe this was always the plan. I don't know, but... Yes, but but also to your point, none of this has officially been confirmed by anyone who has power. Um, I well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't confirmed by Marvel. I don't know if there was an official Sony press release or not about it. I don't think. I don't so. think Sony has actually confirmed anything yet. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know, but I mean, it all the the pieces are falling into place to suggest that the next Spider-Man live action film will be Spider Verse, and I just don't, I don't know if I want that considering that it's already been done so well elsewhere but agreed but i mean you know along similar lines you know john watts clearly he's proven that he can be trusted by marvel because they're handing him fantastic four yeah that was huge and like such a great way to end uh the investors day because that was the very last announcement was fantastic four is in the works yeah exactly which is it's, it's nice to see you know, as excited as I am for them to tackle X-Men, which is one of my all-time favorites, um, Fantastic Four has yet to be done well. And so I'm happy mm-hmm. to see that they're getting a chance to do it. Um, so that was exciting. Uh, I was intrigued by the idea of a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special that we're going to be getting. Yes, with with the, the all the cast and crew, they're going to be filming it tangentially with Guardians 3. Yes. And so I, I just love the idea of having these dual sets and they just walk from one set, which is like this creepy universe, and then going into the other set, which is all just like candy cane planet. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, the thing is, if anyone could do it, James Gunn can. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see that. Do you think there will be a musical number? I really hope so. I, I really hope so, I too. I really hope so, too. Yeah. I, I feel like they could get away with it. Um, intrigued by that. I was very interested that they announced a Secret Invasion show. Yeah, that's huge because that's like a long form story that they're putting into a series. Yeah, and I look, this was the one thing they announced that to me felt like maybe was originally intended to be a movie or possibly even its own phase. Like the fact that it got its own tease at the end of Captain Marvel. Oh, no, I guess this was the end of end of Spider-Man. The end of Spider-Man, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. had this tease. To me, that suggested that that was intended to be a film in some capacity. And I guess I'm glad it's getting, uh, you know, time to tell the story in the form of a series. So this is going to be Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. It's going to be Ben Mendelsohn back as Talos. Um, I don't know. Th- this to me felt like maybe it was uh, something they didn't have full confidence in. They decided to push over to streaming instead. And I, I'm excited for a lot of the stuff they announced. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I'm excited they announced an Ironheart series, you know, following like yes. Riri Williams, who's already been cast, who, you know, is kind of a successor to Tony Stark. I also felt like this was too much. Okay. And well, I mean, but this is, this is a, you know, this is across years. I know, and I know, I know it's across years, but also we're still getting two to three movies a year from them. Yes, I, I had that conversation the other day of Marvel is saying that we're going to slow down production so we can have a breather after Endgame, but this year has totally ruined that. Yeah. So now they're condensing whatever. If they're still doing phases, they're kind of condensing the next phase. Yeah. So we're going to feel that that exhaustion again. I, I think one of the years we might even be getting four. 
I think maybe yeah. based on the last the last uh, uh, release in regards to um, release dates. But so uh, here, there's I had a couple thoughts about all of this, and I, one is this is a lot, and to me that speaks to the fact that I think Marvel is now no longer concerned about people seeing everything. I think mm-hmm. they believe that the the real, real diehard fans will watch all of it. Um, but I also feel like they are now more focused on doing like, individualized content and being like, oh, you really liked Iron Man. Well, here's Ironheart plus also Armor Wars with John Cheadle. Um, you know, you... I mean, but that's that's how comics are. Like They're, well, they're structuring it just like a comic company would exactly yeah and i and i think they are adopting more of a comic model my concern with that is is it costs a lot more to do it as a series than a comic well it's it's hard to follow like you know uh, you and i've talked about this before like when you went to go read blackest night like way back in the day all the like the background research you had to do to like keep up with things you know even when i was going through and doing grant morrison's run on um batman like trying to track down all these random disparate issues for it all to kind of come together and make sense um even watching the mandalorian right now there's so much stuff that comes from clone wars and rebels that like i went and made a, a short list of about 40 clone wars episodes to send my brother be like here watch these to get caught up on mandalore and ahsoka and and darth maul and i'm, I'm a little bit worried that it's this is gonna get messy i i agree but so i i just counted they had 11 series announcements including Jeez. the stuff that we already confirmed yeah wandavision falcon loki etc um i think the difference is because i've been thinking about it being compared to the dc cw stuff okay but the problem with the DC stuff is it was every night right and so you had you know every night of your week was taken up with these shows, but with this being, you know, 11 over four years, there's not going to be that same overlap. So it's going to be one show ending and then the next show starting and then the next show starting. Right. So I'm not trying to collect four issues a week to try and read in preparation. It's going to be a much longer setup. Yeah. And and that is fair. That is fair that it is more spaced out than, than comics or yeah, the Arrowverse, which is a very good comparison. Um, but also, where does that leave time for other things, right? It's like, you know... Right, yeah, this is just Marvel, because Star is, Wars is also doing the same thing. Yeah, you know, and, and there's a number of things from Star Wars that, like... Like, when all this came out, like, I think I even texted you, like, I'm tired. Like, I was tired. Yes. I was also very tired. <laughs> Having read all of this, but it's like, it's, you know... I'm now like Star Wars and Marvel are now going to be competing for my time in terms of stuff to watch. Not to mention, you know, shows that aren't Disney. Not to mention... I don't know what you mean. Not not to mention just, I don't know, living a life and maybe like (laughs) reading books or doing something else. Oh, don't worry. There's Star Wars books and there's Marvel books. And I love reading them, but I I still read those too. But I, you know, I got to the end of this and it's like, this is so much stuff. Like I... I love this universe. I love the Marvel universe. You know, like they have delivered great content. I'm more inclined to watch this than I am DC, despite being a bigger DC fan. That being said, I feel like now it's almost like asking too much. And I feel like, although I want to see it all, there's stuff I'm just gonna have to go like, no, I don't have time for this anymore. And also think of how other studios are going to react to this. How is WB and DC going to react to this wave 
that is now, you know, knocking at their door because they have, you know, Green Lantern is still kind of on the slate. For yeah. HBO and Max. I'm intrigued by that. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's going to, I think, cause them to make the same mistake they've been making for years. And it's just going to be like, what do you want to see? Do you want to see this? Here's Batgirl. Here's Batwoman. Here's uh, a bat. Here's the Batmobile, the series. Like, how was it built over eight episodes? Which, you know, we would watch. uh, That would be, of course. It's like, do you want anything that's not Batman? No? Okay. Here's Asriel. Here's Court of Owls. Here's. (laughs) And yeah, look, and it's not, you can't blame disney for the terrible decisions made by other studios trying to emulate the same formula like that that you that doesn't work but there is something said about disney being an industry leader and this the 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 deluge of stuff they're putting out here good word um thank you thank you um is I can't say concerning and in the the broad scheme of things this shit doesn't matter it's just entertainment um but i don't know i i was more the amount of stuff we're getting was my biggest takeaway from all of this maybe even more so than the individualized excitement for the certain shows that we're getting yeah so so bob Iger even came out after this announcement and they said that we want to make a hundred pieces of content for disney plus next year so that is two things a week i'm just i'm tired i'm more tired now having heard that yeah I mean, I, I realized I kind of cut you off. Like, was there anything, like, any specific properties, projects that came out that you were, like, really, really excited about? Oh, I think I think She-Hulk is probably my most excited Ooh, yeah, series. yeah. That one's going to be Because they confirm Mark Ruffalo will be a co-star, as well as Tim Roth playing mm-hmm. Abomination. Yeah. From and back in the day. They they seem to tease some possibilities there, because they said, you know, and when you're, you're a lawyer in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you never know who you're going to run into in a courtroom. Which fueled a lot of speculation because... J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah's going to pop up in there, as he always does, uh, dealing with a libel suit. Um, yes. But, you know, uh, Daredevil is back with Marvel now. Yes. It's, it's uh, like the wait period post to the Netflix cancellation is gone, so they can do whatever they want with him. So Yeah, and a lot of people still want Charlie Cox because he's pretty good. He is really good. You know, I, I would keep e- even Iron Fist. I would keep all of that cast. Mm-hmm. Because they were good. Their shows were just too long. Agreed. Yeah. But hey, they they can squeeze it into the new lineup. Because somehow. I don't, were there any other things they announced or any even... Because they put out a lot of trailers, too, for the stuff we already knew was coming. Anything else jump out of you? Yeah, really yeah. Exciting. The Loki trailer was great. The yes. What If trailer was fantastic. I'm very excited for Peggy's Captain Britain. Yes. Oh, Peggy. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, uh, they added the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie announcement mm-hmm. with uh quantum mania great name uh yes great name with uh jonathan myers who i think was said before but again confirmed yeah to uh take the place of kang the conqueror jonathan myers for people who don't know he was the um atticus from lovecraft country yep. that just finished mm-hmm. um yeah i mean that that's pretty much all the new stuff we got you know trailers for wandavision which was good trailers for falcon and winter soldier which is good um yeah, I think She-Hulk was kind of the standout one for me. Yeah. Um, no, I, that's another one. I'm, I'm, I am. I, the thing is, I am excited for these. It's just a lot. Um, I, I also did appreciate that they confirmed they will not be recasting T'Challa. 
Yes. Which, yes. And Ryan Coogler is still attached, which is nice. Yes, exactly. He'll still be writing, directing, which I think, I think we were all expecting that, but also that is the right call on their part. Um, yes. Yeah. To not just uh, try and move past the legacy of, of Chadwick Boseman, but to, to honor him in some way, um, I think was the right call there. But yeah, I mean, it's, there's, oh, there's just so much. There's so much. Like I said, 11 series announced. Yeah. So, okay. If you don't have anything else on Marvel specifically, I, I have kind of two, two kind of capstone questions here I want to ask you. And 11 movies, as I just counted. Oh, my God. So, oh, so many movies. Okay. Yes. So, I did notice an interesting trend going through all of the different shows, right? The shows and movies mm-hmm. of the stuff that's going to Disney+. Plus. And what I picked up on is that some of the more diverse properties. So we're talking Princess and the Frog, Moana, you know, um, I think we let's go ahead and even throw in like, you know, Enchanted in terms of having a female lead. Ahsoka, Ironheart, Armor Wars with Don Cheadle, to name a few. These are all going to be on Disney+. Plus. Yes. They're not going to theaters in any sort of capacity. And my concern here is that Disney is going to use Disney Plus as a cop-out to put less diversity in theaters. Is that, am I overreaching in that? Or did you maybe pick up on a similar thing given the distribution of projects? I I think that might be an overreach. Because if you look at just marvel black widow female lead still coming to theaters and like that's when i'm i'm still kind of shocked they haven't put to streaming yet because they're like really holding their foot for that one to be theatrical yeah uh thor love and thunder we know we'll have natalie portman as the lead true um eternals is a very wide diverse cast yeah blade black panther 2 both diverse leads captain marvel 2 still a female lead Mm -hmm. so like you know most of the films you know, that is half the films that are coming out have non-white leads. Yeah, that's fair. Shang-Chi uh, has a... He's not white, is he? No, he's he's Chinese. Okay. Shang-Chi. <laughs> we can add to the list. I couldn't remember if it was, a, if it was an Iron Fist situation or not. That's that's fair. I mean, look, yeah, I can't I can't judge you for assuming <laughs> that a, a character from the comics with an Asian name wouldn't also happen to be a white character, because that does happen yeah. a lot. So... Uh, yeah, we have, you know, so that is seven of the 11 upcoming films for Marvel mm-hmm. that are that are non-white lead or non-white man male leads. Okay, no, that's fair. That is fair. Okay. I Yeah, I guess I was just a little bit concerned that um that maybe things that would be considered riskier either because the properties are are really weird like a Guardians of the Galaxy or because they do have more diverse leads um that disney might go well this may not be the box office guarantee we need let's go ahead and just throw it on disney plus yes and and i i understand where that argument is coming from because i mean even just from lucasfilm almost everything is going straight to streaming yeah they the only two movies that are not are the patty jenkins film and the taika watiti film yeah uh Disney, uh, Disney Studios, Jungle Cruise is you know half half diverse, female lead and The Rock. Yeah, uh, Cruella is uh, 
lead female. Lion King is a primarily ethnic cast. Yeah. Little Mermaid is a pretty diverse cast. Yeah, it's a good cast, too. Yeah. Um, and those are the only things they announced for theater. Yeah. So that is a very diverse lineup for Disney Studios. Uh, Pixar, Turning Red, uh, I assume is going to be an Asian-American girl, is who it's going to be following. Um, I actually think it might have been a red-headed girl, if I recall from the promo art. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. It is. You're right. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. it is. I, I remember the poster now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be coming to theaters. Lightyear will be coming to theaters. That's obviously Chris Evans. Uh, Luca is is kind of in a, that unique space because it is international, but it's going to be, you know, two Italian boys. Yeah. Okay. All right. So maybe it was a, a, a slight over-concern on my part, but I, I do think it's something worth keeping an eye on. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of see how it breaks down in terms of what gets theatrical distribution and what doesn't. Okay. So then the, the other question I had is what makes this announcement different than HBO Max? Because everyone got – there was basically complete – complete opposite reactions to both. And, and I think there are some good reasons why, but I think it might be worth going into like, why do you think this was generally met with a lot of excitement rather than HBO max, even though they're kind of saying a lot of the same things, which is that here's a shitload of content and it's going to streaming. Like what, what do you think separates the two? Because Disney plus is new content. Mm-hmm. Whereas HBO max is existing theatrical content that they're moving to a different platform. Yeah. Yeah. So- that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So like if they, if, you know, if Disney plus had come out and said like black widow, Shang Chi eternals, they're all coming to Disney plus and nothing new is coming. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, that's the difference is the stuff I just talked about for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that that's fair. I just thought it was worth um, kind of acknowledging <clears throat> why the industry in the world kind of very opposing reactions to things. And I think you're right. Yeah. Cause it, HBO Max is more just like, hey, all these movies are supposed to be in theaters. You can just watch them for free, too, versus this. It's just like, hey, like stuff is still going to theaters, but also here's new stuff that we're getting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and I think if HBO Max had made that comparative announcement of like, hey, here's the new stuff that's coming to HBO Max, as well as some of the movies are coming to HBO Max. Yeah. I think that would have padded the announcement, but it just being the existing films... And, and, of course, them leading with, like, the biggest names. Like, Dune, coming to HBO Max. Suicide Squad, coming to HBO Max. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that. that is the, the problem. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's funny because, you know, obviously this last year has been the, the, the best opportunity of our lifetime to get caught up on TV and movies. Um, but, you know, that's not necessarily going to be the case, you know, uh, a year from now when things yeah. will hopefully have returned a little bit more to normal, um, you know, and so it'll be interesting to see if this dynamic shift towards streaming, what changes once things have returned back to some kind of normalcy, once people go back to theaters again, once people have options other than staying at home in terms of keeping <clears throat> themselves entertained, um, yeah. you know, it, it, a year from now we might be like not, needing all of this stuff heading up to streaming in the same way that we did right now. So, yeah, but I mean, a whole other conversation we're not going to have now is just like, what is the mental fallout of all of this? 
rewatching Endgame and seeing the world hadn't changed in five years <laughs> after the snap, you know, how is that? How are we going to react to that? Like three years from now, are we still going to have the same kind of fear of going outside? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. I mean, this is a a a world shifting event. Um, and people's behaviors will change a lot too going forward. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean. I, I maybe it was just like a, a combination of things having nothing to do with Disney or streaming that put me in an already slightly cynical mode when this this happened when all this stuff came out. But like I said, I there is stuff I'm very very excited for. You know the the, the confirmations of things we already suspected were were great. The trailers we got for especially the Marvel properties looked great. The Star Wars announcements are all exciting. I just got to the end of it and went like, fuck. Yeah. And then and then their last big announcement was Disney Plus is going up by a dollar. A dollar, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like all that for a dollar? Like, fuck yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. To quote Robocop, I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm just I already signed up for three years. It's not gonna affect same. me for yeah, a while. It's also same. So yeah. I'm just I'm tired. <laughs> yes. As as am I. I I, I, am... I I tuckered myself out, as you said. Yeah, I, I'm tired, and uh, these announcements did nothing to uh, lessen my exhaustion. So yes, but yeah, I mean, but I'm excited. At the end of the day, I'm so excited for so much of this. Well, good. And it, I think it will also like train me to not need to watch everything. That was my. That's interesting because that was another big takeaway I had too. Is like I looked at all this, and like there's just some stuff I'm just not gonna watch because I'm just not gonna have time. Yeah. You know, and and that might be, I think, one of the challenges with Marvel is we may not know for years down the line what is going to be necessary to have seen and what's not. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? But, but also on their part, that's also kind of smart because it keeps all content relevant and a little fresh. So yeah. if we have Secret Invasion Part 3 in 2029, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, don't forget to catch up on Secret Invasion Part 1 and 2. Like, here are the episodes you need to watch. I don't, I don't want that. I know. I'm sorry to put you so far in the future. I, I, I think, I think maybe part of what this is, is all this stuff makes me realize that at a certain point, this is going to have to go on without me. Yeah. And, you know, just like the, the CW verse at a certain point, it will implode. Yeah exactly uh, so because it, it's the same thing that like i feel bad for kids because i like, think about kids who are going to start getting into it five years from now and they're going to have to go through this backlog it's it's oh. why i feel bad for my niece and nephew that are now just getting into pokemon because uh. like there's 800 pokemon now yeah yeah it, it's it's one of those things where it's like either you keep up with it as it goes or you just hop off the train i don't i don't know yeah. think i don't think there's a lot of good middle ground when it comes to this so but I mean, I but I also trust Marvel and Disney to keep it open for the everyday person. Like they're not going to specifically cater to the crazy fans like us. They've never, we've never, we know we, they know we're always going to be there. I mean, so they're still, I think, going to cater to the middleman. I actually disagree. I think they've given up trying to cater to the middleman. They they said as much by the time Civil War came out. They're like, yeah, kind of from this point on, we assume you've seen enough stuff to know what's going on here like we 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 no longer treating this like this is your first marvel film i i think that is but that i think that's part of like phase one two three now that phase three is over i think now they're going to try and reconnect of like hey guess what it's all new 
It's I, all starting from the beginning again. But I, but I still disagree because all of these shows are picking up plot threads from existing movies. And also if the TV shows are going to be, you know, heavily interacting with events in the movies and vice versa, clearly their expectation is, is that people have seen the TV to go along with the movies. They'll have quote unquote done their homework before going into the films. I, I, I really don't, th- I think they now at this point assume that like, there are no more casual fans. Everyone who watches this stuff is a big enough fan to keep up with everything. Okay. So, yeah. I, I yeah, okay. We'll yeah. see. I, I still think that they're going to do something to, I don't know, keep keep it open for everyone. Yeah. Time will tell. Yeah. So, but all I right. I bet you $5. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know by what metric we're going to measure that kind of success, but the sh- metric that makes me win. <laughs> sure. Sure. Cameron, $5 bet on whatever we just talked about. Uh, but all right, I think that does it for us at this point. We, we yes. have spent a, a decent amount of time talking about an investment call. Uh, it is time for me to to go cry while I edit these two episodes. It's time for me to go spend my new money that my Disney stock just made me. Exactly, yes. Um, but yes, uh, if you have thoughts on this, uh, if you're also tired, you can find us. And what tell us, you can find us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, you can yes, find yes, yes, me yes. at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yes, you can find my art at cambrin.dexter, and you can find my face at camdexter underscore adventures. All right, well, boom, boom, boom. Uh, thank you for tuning in to this truly bonus episode of Tim Talk. Uh, the next episode you get will be a normal Just League episode once again yes. next thank you Tuesday. for indulging me, Chris. You are welcome. It is a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks to everybody for listening see you then talk to you later bye when you wish upon a star <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>